You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 102, Self-Care That Sticks. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, my friends. Did you notice anything different? I feel like it's like when you get a haircut and you really want your friends to notice. (laughs) You're like hanging out with them, flipping your hair, hoping they'll compliment you. But you may have noticed that this podcast episode had a new intro, new music, and a new little intro speech, whatever you want to call that thing. But I'm excited about it. I've been kind of basking in it. That's what I do when I really love things and I'm celebrating them. I just bask in them. Back in high school, one of my friends, I was talking to her on the phone after I got back from shopping, and I was telling her about all the fun stuff I had bought, and she was like, Abby, I can totally picture you right now sitting in your bed in your new dress. And I was like, how'd you know that? (laughs) Because that's totally what I do. I would get back from shopping and just try on all my new clothes over and over again and just sit in my bed being super giddy about it. And I feel like that's what I've been doing about this new podcast intro, just replaying it over and over to myself because it's just kind of nice and fresh and fun. So I'm excited about it, though I did love the previous intro. It was actually kind of special to me, and it served us for 101 episodes, so that's pretty awesome. But it meant a lot to me because the music from that intro came from one of my really good friends. So when I first told him what I was doing when I was starting out the podcast, he let me borrow, I guess you could say, this clip from one of his songs. So he is an amazing artist. His name is Logan Anderson. You guys should totally look him up on Spotify. His music is the best road trip music. I always think that. I don't, I don't know how to describe his music. It's really eclectic and has such a unique creative sound. But I always think it's the best road trip music. Like when I'm on a road trip, I'm like driving through countryside or whatever. I'm like, this is the soundtrack I want for my road trip. So you guys should go check out Logan Anderson. He is awesome. And it's been so fun to have him and his music be part of the podcast. And you'll notice the clip that I used for the intro music came from his song, Butler Playground. So it may be kind of fun to go check that one out. But I'm excited today to talk to you about this new podcast intro, or actually more specifically, why I decided to change it. Because if you remember what the previous intro said, And we'll see if I can remember it right now off the top of my head. But it said, this is the podcast for nurses who know that to take care of your patients and your families, first, you need to take care of yourself. And while I think that is still true, right? Like that's what we're told all the time. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't serve your patients. You can't serve your families. You can't show up in your community as the most contributing member that you want to be. If we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others, right? And so while I still totally think that's true, 
it's not the main point I want to emphasize. Okay, so today I want to talk about how I think of it now a little bit differently. And I think making this little shift in our thinking is going to help us create self-care routines and practices that actually stick. Because I think sometimes we start off self-care, like we think, you know, we're supposed to do it or we want to do it, but it's hard to maintain those routines. And I think sometimes these little mindset problems get in the way. And if we can make a little shift, I think we can develop self-care routines that actually last and become more of a part of our lifestyle. Okay. So I want to talk about kind of this spectrum we have. When we think about self-care, I think sometimes we fall to one extreme or the other with how we view it. So with the self-care spectrum, I would say one side is saying self-care is selfish. Like we're only thinking about ourselves and our needs matter more than other people's, right? Or on the other side of the spectrum, there's kind of what I was getting at with my previous podcast intro, how we need to take care of ourselves to serve others. So on the other side of the spectrum, there's this idea that self-care isn't selfish at all. It's actually selfless because it's not about you. It's about other people. You're taking care of yourself to benefit everyone else. And what I've found is that usually when we fall to one extreme, to one side of the spectrum, that's usually not the healthiest place to be. It doesn't usually create the best results in our lives. Okay, so we can see this with our behavior. So think about with exercising. You could be on one end of the spectrum where you never move, right? Where you just sit on the couch all day or lay in bed and just like sit around. And like if, if you didn't even get up to walk, then your muscles would atrophy, right? So we need to have some sort of movement in our lives, some sort of physical exertion to keep our bodies healthy, okay? So we know this, right? We don't want to be way at the end of the spectrum where we don't ever move. And we think, you know, exercising is a good thing. But if you exercise too much, if you exercise in excess, then you're going to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum. And that's not healthy either, right? Because if you exercise too much, then it can cause issues to your arteries and issues to your heart, issues to your joints, right? It can cause all these problems. And so we need to make sure we're giving ourselves breaks from exercising and we're resting when we need to and we're listening to the signals of our body. So with exercise, we don't want to be at one end of the spectrum or the other. We want to come somewhere in the middle. That's what's going to give us our best results and create our healthiest bodies and lives, right? Now, this is true with our behaviors, but it's also true with our emotions. Usually, the middle of the spectrum is the healthiest place to be. So think about if you've got a relationship with someone. Like we could take a romantic relationship or just any relationship. On one end of the spectrum, like if we go to the far left, you could feel hatred towards that person. Pretty obvious, that's not going to create a healthy relationship, right? That's not going to help us show up as who we want to be. We're not going to be very kind. Even if we're pretending, if we're fueled by hatred, 
not the best way to create a healthy relationship. Now, we also could go to the other extreme, though. And that's not the best place either. Like, if we are way on the other end of the spectrum, imagine what that looks like. That's when you become a creepy stalker. (laughs) That's not where we want to be. We become kind of creepy or needy and clingy. Or maybe you are just blinded to the problems in the relationship. So maybe you're not acting in a way that's intrusive or weird to somebody else, but you're not seeing the problems in the relationship. So when they're disrespecting you or not treating you well, you stay in that relationship because you're so infatuated and consumed by them. So we don't want to be at either of those extremes. We want to come somewhere in the middle, which is just being a loving, compassionate person who has boundaries and respects the other person. And that's where we want to fall. That's the healthiest place for us to be. And I think it's the same with us for self-care. We don't want to be on either end of the spectrum. So let's take a look at what that self-care spectrum looks like. Okay, so I mentioned on one end we have selfishness. Okay, so this is when we don't care about other people. We're like, whatever. I don't care if this inconveniences you. I don't care what you think about it. I'm just going to do what I want. I'm the only one who matters. And we become really inconsiderate. And that's not who any of us want to be, right? And I think with you podcast listeners here, I don't think many of you, if any of you, fall to that end of the spectrum, or at least not very often. And I'll talk about when you might fall to that end of the spectrum in just a second. But when we behave in that way, or when we are trying to just power through and do our self-care out of selfishness and only concern for ourselves, then I think what happens to most of us is we start to realize we're not showing up as who we want to be. So we start feeling bad about it, right? We're like, oh, I'm being kind of selfish. I'm not caring about other people. And so then what we do is one of two things. So either we spiral into shame and we feel bad about ourselves and we stop doing self-care because we don't want to feel that shame anymore. And we also don't want to be a a selfish person anymore, right? So we stop exercising or stop taking the time we need for ourselves or whatever it is that we're doing for self-care. We're like, I should stop doing that because I'm being really selfish, Or we try to convince ourselves of the other end of the spectrum. And we say, but this isn't about me. I have to take care of myself because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to take care of my patients or I'm not going to be able to take care of my family. I'm doing this for them. Okay, so then we try to go to that other end of the spectrum. And sometimes that works. That can be really motivating for us. Like, First of all, I think it's true, right? Like if you aren't getting the sleep you need or if you're really stressed out and not emotionally in a healthy place, then when we go to work, it's hard to focus on our patients. We're more likely to make mistakes. If we're not taking our breaks, we know we're more likely to make mistakes and we're kind of grumpy and irritable. So that's not the best for our patients. And same with our families, right? We don't show up at our best for our families or our friends. We're not there to help them as much to listen or to offer sympathy and encouragement and all of those things we want to do if we're depleted. You know, and sometimes if we think long term, then that can be motivating too. We're like, you know, I want to 
be healthy. So I'm not a burden on my family when I get older. I want to have good quality of life so that they don't have to expend all this energy trying to take care of me. I don't want to be a burden on anyone. And really, I just want to be around for them too, right? So we can use those thoughts as motivation to be like, this isn't about me. This is about them because I love them. And so sometimes that works for us. But sometimes it doesn't. Because for one, it kind of creates this obligation to do self-care. And you guys know me. Whenever I tell myself I should do something, I'm like, I don't want to. Don't try to make me do it, right? Don't tell me what to do. And I think that happens in a lot of our brains. Even when it's ourself being like, you should do that. It kind of feels like a parent scolding you and bossing you around. And when we feel like we're being bossed around, then we turn into that teenager who wants to resist it. So I think that's one thing that happens when we try to go to the other end of the spectrum when it's like, this isn't about me. I really should do it for other people then we don't want to. So then our self-care can fizzle out because of that, right? Sometimes it motivates us, but sometimes it feels like this obligation and we stop doing it. Or it fuels resentment because we keep doing it even though we don't want to. Because we're like, I have to do it for other people. It would be bad if I stop. So we feel guilty if we stop. So again, we go into shame And so we try to push through and keep doing it even when we don't want to. And so we become resentful. The other problem with this end of the spectrum is sometimes it's an inconvenience to other people. So I love going on walks. That's one of my things when I'm feeling just kind of overwhelmed, when I just need a little space, when I need to not have children climbing all over me, (laughs) then I'm like, I need to just go for a walk and just have some time to think and breathe and relax and just be outside. And when I do that, you know, my husband is usually very encouraging of that. A lot of times he'll be the one to suggest it. He'll be like, okay, maybe you should go on a walk. You, You seem like you need a break. So I appreciate that he does that. But sometimes it could be an inconvenience. And maybe he wouldn't love for me to go on a walk because one, it's leaving him home with the two kids and they can be kind of stressful at times, can be a lot to handle. Maybe he's trying to make dinner or because he's a night shifter, he didn't get much sleep. So leaving him home with the kids might not be his favorite thing in that moment. And my kids, they're going to protest Or at least sometimes they do. Like my daughter wants to go on the walk with me. And when I'm like, no, I really just need to go on a walk by myself right now. She does not like that, right? She might be crying. She might be upset. And so for me to go on a walk, it is an inconvenience to my family. Or they might actually be upset about it. Not just inconvenience, but actually like, I wish you wouldn't do that. So do you guys ever feel that way if you're trying to go to the gym or take time for yourself and maybe your partner is stressed out and doesn't think you should take so much time for yourself because it's inconveniencing them? So when that happens, if our reason for doing self-care is this left end of the spectrum where we're like, I'm doing it for other people, it's not about me, but then our self-care is an inconvenience, 
Do you see how that kind of creates a conflict in our minds? Like, it's supposed to be for them, but they don't want me to do it. They're upset that I'm doing it, right? And so then we either just stop doing it because we're like, well, they don't want me to. It's causing more problems than it's worth. So we stop doing it. Or we kind of dig our heels in like, no, I want to do this. I should be able to do this. And we slide back to the selfish end of the spectrum where we're like, you know what? I don't care about them. I'm just going to do it anyway. I need to do this. I never take time for myself. So again, it's fueled by that resentment. So we just slide back and forth to the different ends of the spectrum. And I don't think either end serves us very well. And the thing I find interesting is we could take the same action. So let's say going to the gym, because I think that's the most common idea of what self-care is, though I think there are so many different ways you can practice self-care. But let's just take going to the gym as that standard example. Okay, so you want to exercise, right? You could do that from any point on the spectrum. Because selfishness and selflessness, this whole spectrum is an emotional spectrum. So you could take the same action, but do it out of any emotion. And it's going to look different. So what, like we talked about with the selfish end, it's not considering other people. It's only thinking about yourself. That's what's fueling you as you take that action of exercising. On the other end of the spectrum, with selflessness... You could be fueled out of obligation or even some resentment or love and compassion, right? You could be doing it because you care about other people. But I just want you to see that you could take the same action from completely different emotions, like you're exercising either way, but it creates a totally different experience for you. And so based on the experience you're creating for yourself through those emotions, it makes it more or less likely that you're going to keep doing it. If you're feeling shame, resentment, overwhelm, guilt, obligation, all of those emotions as you're trying to take this action of exercising or whatever your self-care practice is, it's not a great experience. So it makes sense that after a couple weeks, we're like, eh, I think I'm done with this. This isn't super fun. And that's when self-care becomes more of this thing on our to-do list that we're just trying to check off and we kind of dread it, which is kind of funny, right? Like self-care being something that burdens you. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to recharge you. It's supposed to fuel you. It's supposed to be something you look forward to and enjoy. But when we're coming at it from these extreme ends of the spectrum, from these different emotions, it becomes a burden. Okay? So instead, we want to get to the middle of the spectrum. And so I want to talk to you about what that looks like. Okay? So on one end of the spectrum, we have selfishness. On the other end, we have selflessness. And in the middle, we have self-respect. So that's where I think if we are fueled by self-respect as we do self-care, that's when we can create self-care that sticks. So what does that look like? 
So to me, it looks like being a self-advocate, okay? So think about as nurses, we are patient advocates, right? So if your patient is in horrible pain and what we're doing for pain management isn't working, like they're still screaming out in pain or just miserable and anxious and tense and you can tell that what we're doing for their pain management isn't working, then we're going to advocate for our patient, right? We're going to talk to the doctor and say, you know what? I think they need something stronger. Maybe we should try this. Or what do you think? Is there a problem? We, sh- we need to assess these things. And so we speak up for our patients, for their needs, because we care about them for one, but you know what? The doctors care about them too. The other reason we advocate for their needs and we are the patient advocate is because we're spending so much time with them. We are more aware of their needs than the doctors are because we're with them all the time, right? We can see how they're responding to the pain medication. So we're the ones who know their needs the best and can communicate that to the doctor. And so I like to think of it as, I am a me advocate and you are a you advocate because you know your needs the best. You're the one spending time with you all day, every day, right? You know what's going on in your life. You know where you're at emotionally. You know how you're feeling. You know what helps relieve that stress and tension. You know what you need. And we can't expect other people to read our minds, just like we can't expect the doctor to you know, be making rounds at another part of the hospital and all of a sudden be like, you know what? I think the patient over on that other unit probably needs more pain medication. They're not going to intuitively just know that. Just like the people in our lives don't intuitively know what we need or when we need it. So you are a you advocate. And you have to decide when to advocate for your needs. And if you're doing that out of self-respect, then it's not selfishness. Now, sometimes it might inconvenience other people, but that's not our intention. Okay, so if I want to go for a walk, if I'm doing it out of selfishness, then when my daughter's crying, not wanting me to go on a walk or wanting to come with me, if I'm doing it out of selfishness, then I'm like, I don't care. See you later, Evelyn. You'll be fine. Right? And I leave the house. If I'm doing it out of self-respect, then I still have some compassion. I'm like, I'm sorry, baby girl. We'll go on a walk tomorrow, okay? I love you, but mom just needs some time on her own. So I still go on the walk, right? Even though it's inconveniencing her. I could go to the other end of the spectrum with thinking it's only for her, it's not for me. But then my brain's going to be like, well, then I should just stay home because this is making her miserable, right? But if I respect myself, then I'm like, I know what I need. This is important. I'm sorry it's an inconvenience. I'm sorry it makes you upset, but this is what I got to do. I love you. See you later. And with my husband, if I'm doing it out of selfishness when I go on the walk, then what that looks like is not considering how it impacts him at all. So maybe I go in and wake him up when he's trying to sleep and I'm like, I'm going on a walk. See you later. (laughs) Right? He wouldn't love that. And that would be pretty inconsiderate, right? Now, if I really needed to do something to practice self-care, I could do that. 
But if it's coming from selfishness, then I'm not even considering how it impacts anybody else. So we can consider that. We can, you know, have conversations with your partner or whoever it impacts. Is this a good time? Or I really need to do this for myself to feel healthy and balanced. But I know it impacts you. So what works for you? How can I be mindful of that? How can we create a situation that works for us? Okay, so think about at work when you want to take a break. At my hospital, we hand off our pagers. I don't know. Some of you I know have like break nurses or different systems for taking your breaks. But at my hospital, what we do right now is we hand off our pagers to another nurse and they monitor our group for us. So if I want to take a break and I know, you know, I need to eat, I need to recharge, or I just need a mental and emotional break, then I'm going to consider how that impacts the other nurse. So if they are rushing around, they just got an admit, or they have a patient who's coding, I'm not going to be like, okay, see you later, here's my pager. I'm going to talk to them and say, hey, are you at an okay place? When would be a good time? Or this is when I was hoping to take a break today. How does that work for you? When can I hold your pager so you can take your break? So we're considering other people. But it doesn't have to be for them or for our patients. For our patients, it might be in their best interest for us to never take a break. For us to be at their bedside, to come clean up their room and chat with them and do all these things to take care of them. And while I'm not suggesting you leave when your patients need you and there's something urgent going on, there are times when something can wait. And you have to use your clinical judgment to decide what those things are and what's appropriate to have your patients wait on. But I just want you to not put yourself last every time. So you're advocating for your patients, you're taking care of them, making sure they're safe, but you're advocating for yourself too because you matter, because you're worth taking care of. And so when we realize that, then we can be compassionate, we can consider other people, but we also take care of ourselves even when it inconveniences others sometimes, even when they disagree. And even if they're upset about it, right? Even if your spouse or your partner is really upset that you're taking this time for yourself. If you know that this is what you need and you're doing it from a loving place and you value yourself, then you can still practice self-care from confidence and self-respect. And we've got to let them manage their own emotions, They're in charge of managing their own emotions, their own self-care, what they need. And they can advocate for themselves as well. But you are responsible for managing your needs. So often we're trying to control how other people feel, but we do it at the expense of not managing how we feel. And that's what we're in charge of. That's what we have the most control over. That's our job. But your emotions and feelings and well-being are just as important as everybody else's. I'm not saying they're more important. I'm not saying they're less important. They are equally important as everyone else's. But that's your job to manage. You are a you advocate. 
So let's work on loving ourselves and respecting ourselves. And then self-care becomes the natural next step. Then we take care of ourselves out of love and compassion for ourselves and others. Okay, so this is why I made the shift with this podcast intro. Because while I think it's totally true and important for us to do self-care so we can help the people we love, so we can help our patients and our families. What I want you to see is that that's all an added bonus. I'm so glad it can help other people when I take care of myself. But the main reason to take care of yourself is because you matter. You are worth taking care of. All right, my friends. So Let's have self-respect be our fuel for self-care. And when we do, that's when we can create self-care that sticks. All right. Thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for listening. I love getting to come talk to you. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would be amazing if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Who's your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be honored to be your coach. Come join me in Bold Nurse Society, my virtual coaching program where I help nurses build unshakable confidence, create meaningful relationships, manage stress, and intentionally create a career and life they love. Each month we dive deep into these areas of personal growth through our monthly class and live coaching calls. You'll have access to me to ask questions anytime and you'll get access to special bonus courses I know you'll love. Everything I've created is through the lens of the nursing lifestyle, so it's realistic and convenient for nurses. So whether you're a day shifter, a night shifter, a parent, or busy with other adventures, Bold Nurse Society is designed to fit your lifestyle. So if you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the next level, come hang out with me in Bold Nurse Society. Go to thrivingnurse.com forward slash work with me to learn more. I can't wait to see you there.